I'm Dave Champion. Over on the Dr. Reality YouTube channel, I had a fellow <laughs> claim that I needed to be more responsible and I needed to do better research. And his main point was that SARS-CoV-2 is a hundred-year contagion. He's trying to take a page out of the thing like 50-year floodplain, 100-year floodplain, 200-year floodplain. Okay. So I don't know whether the guy is just really emotional, whether he believes whatever the media says, or whether he's perhaps not too bright. Uh, but let's take a look at that. Is SARS-CoV-2 in reality a hundred-year contagion? Back on October 25th, I recorded a video uh, that got released under the title of The Good Virus Data Being Hidden From You. I'll put a link down in the comments. And I crunched some numbers that ended up being really interesting. And that's, as I'm recording this video, I did that video about six weeks ago. So I'm not going to recrunch all the numbers. It was a lot of work. And using those numbers from just six weeks ago is 100% illustrative of the point I'm trying to make. The numbers I'm about to share with you are from about six weeks ago when I did the October 25th video, which I think released on October 26. And here's the numbers. If we took the people 49 years old and under, again, this is October 25th numbers, and we removed that percentage with chronic disease, and I, I get into that in much more detail in the previous video, that would mean the total sum of people, 49 years of age and under, in the United States by October 25th that would have died of COVID-19 was 1,132. Furthermore, again, as of October 25th, if we took the total number of people who had died of COVID-19 in the United States as of that date, and we removed that percentage which had chronic disease, the remainder, those who would have died if we exclude chronic disease, was 21,000 people. I then examined what the United States could have experienced had SARS-CoV-2 hit the United States in 1890 before chronic disease was a thing, before it really existed. To give you some idea, around 1890, <clears throat> medical doctors were not trained, just as an example, on diabetes. They, they, they weren't trained. If they wanted to get training on diabetes, they had to travel halfway across the country when the course was offered every handful of years by some medical institute because not only were doctors not trained about diabetes in medical school, but in usually throughout their career, not only did they never meet a single human being with diabetes, they certainly didn't have one as a patient. How different is that than today where one in seven Americans has diabetes. And it's estimated that 60% of the U.S. population has one or more chronic diseases. The conclusion when we look back at 1890, but using the numbers from Italy and two U.S. sources on what percentage of people who died of COVID-19 had comorbidity factors, code for chronic disease. And after we crunched those numbers, what it turned out was if SARS-CoV-2 had hit the United States in 1890, the sum total of people who would have died, sum total of people for the entire United States, sea to shining sea, was 4,100. Again, that's using the numbers that existed in the United States as of October 25th. All right, so with those numbers in mind, let's get back to the allegation, the claim that SARS-CoV-2 is a 
100-year contagion like a 100-year floodplain. All right, so if you have a, if you want to talk about floods and floodplains, you, there is a constant, and that constant is terrain elevation. So if you want to make the 100-year floodplain analogous to SARS-CoV-2 here in the United States in 2020, then we'd also have to say that the health, the condition of the U.S. population would be analogous to the terrain elevation. So when we go from a flood, whatever year, to a flood 100 years later, uh, unless you're in a gigantic city in the United States or something like that. Other than that, the terrain elevation remains the same over a 100-year period. So has the health of the American people remained the same over the last 100 years? And by the way, what he means by the 100 years is comparing the last large-scale serious pandemic, which was the Spanish flu. He's comparing that, which was... 1918, 1919, a little bit into 1920. He's comparing that to 2020 SARS-CoV-2. In the case of a 100-year flood, as I mentioned, the terrain elevation remains the same every 100 years unless that land gets built into a giant city or something like that. Okay, is the analogous health of the U.S. population, has that remained the same, the same terrain elevation, so to speak? You know the answer to that as well as I do. We've already talked about that. We went from, say, 1890, where there was virtually no chronic disease. And if we move forward to the Spanish flu, 1918, still just a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the U.S. population had chronic disease. It still wasn't even a thing yet. Now we fast forward 100 years and 60% of the U.S. population has one or more chronic diseases. Before we move on, let's take a moment and compare the dead, deadliness of various pandemics. Okay, so in Egypt, in right around the year 1600, they had a pandemic breakout. And roughly, because of course we don't have exact numbers from the 1600s and we don't have exact numbers of population or exactly how many people died, but it appears, medical historians say, one in four Egyptians, 25% of the population died of that pandemic. Now let's leap forward to the Spanish flu, 1918, 1919. 4% of the world's population is said to have died. Again, those are not exact numbers because even as recently as 1918, 1919, uh, the world was not keeping very precise numbers. So it is estimated that 4% of the world's population died. So with all the panic about SARS-CoV-2, it must be at least as bad as the Spanish flu, right? I mean maybe even heading towards the Egyptian pandemic of 1600, right? Not exactly. As of today, as I'm sitting here making this video, the death toll from COVID-19 worldwide is two one-hundredths of one percent. And right here in the U.S., as of today, I just checked the numbers before I came and sat down here, in the U.S., using the CDC's provisional death count, the current death toll population-wide in the United States from COVID-19 is seven one-hundredths of one percent. And people, or is it just the media, are freaking out. If we go back to October 25th, the U.S. death toll from COVID-19 was six 
one hundredths of one percent. Now, I want you to pay attention carefully to the next thing I say. If on October 25th we'd been able to take that percentage of people who died from from COVID-19 because they had chronic disease, take those number of cases and say, we're going to take those off the map because they were really all about chronic disease. If we take that out of the equation, the death toll from COVID-19 in the United States would have been six one thousandths of one percent. So I want to ask you a question that I think is highly relevant to SARS-CoV-2 hitting the United States back in 1890 versus now. If you or someone standing next to you was holding a lit match, just as you see here, would that concern you in the least? Would you consider that a threat to your safety? By contrast, would you feel safe doing this while you were drenched in gasoline. That is a pretty vivid, practical demonstration of the difference between how one would have viewed SARS-CoV-2 hitting the United States in 1890, like, nope, nobody would have even known it was there, and then SARS-CoV-2 hitting the United States in 2020. And the lack of gasoline and the uh, existence of a person soaked in gasoline with a match That difference is no chronic disease, 60% of the population with chronic disease. And in the overwhelming majority of cases, the vast, vast, vast majority of cases, having chronic disease is because of lifestyle. It's because that person chose it. In other words, in terms of a virus like SARS-CoV-2 that is essentially banal, and meaningless absent chronic disease, these people by their lifestyles have chosen to douse themselves in gasoline and then complain when somebody walks by with a match. I'll tell you what, why don't you not douse yourself in gasoline? Why don't you not have chronic disease? Then when a person walks by with a lit can- a match, you just go like, whatever dude, what are you doing? So no, SARS-CoV-2 is not a hundred year contagion. What we have is if you want to phrase it this way, a hundred year illness. A hundred years ago, Americans didn't have 60% chronic disease. I'm going to guess back in 1918, it was less than 1% of the American population had chronic disease. Now it's 60% of the population. That's the hundred year contagion. That's what's killing people. And I I want to be really crazy. Do what you want. Okay. I'm at the point now as I'm recording this in early December, I'm at the point, it's like, you want to be sick you, and you want to get the, the virus and you want to develop COVID-19 and become ill and perhaps even die. I can't stop you from continuing the same screwed up lifestyle choices you've all, always had. I can't even convince the vast majority of the population that they have a choice. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm not going to get it. I have an immune system that for some odd chance it actually got inside me. I'm not going to get sick. I'm going to be asymptomatic because I have an immune system that's functioning correctly, um, not as degraded by all the lifestyle choices we've talked about, which is, by the way, what allows people to readily get SARS-CoV-2 and then for it to develop into COVID-19 and in the extreme cases for them to die. So if you don't want to do that, 
if you want to be smarter, if you want to take a better path, I'm just going to tell you, yeah, okay? The answer is right here. I'm not bullshitting you. The answer is right here. Now, if you don't want to read it, don't read it, okay? I, I admittedly get tired of telling people there's a solution and having them go, la, 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 you know? So if you want it, it's at drreality.news. Go there, get yourself a copy, Find, look at the physiology for yourself. I say in every single one of my works, do not believe me. Look at it and then research it, right? So of the thousands and thousands of people who've read body science all over the world, I might add, yeah, every single person has researched it for themselves. Wow, totally credible, 100%. Okay, but if you want to position yourself not like these knuckleheads, who have, in terms of a virus, doused themselves in fuel and then lit a match. If you don't want to be that person, just go to Dr. Reality, not news. Get yourself a copy of Body Science. Read it. Research it for yourself. Don't believe me. And then when you find out it's all true, perhaps adapt it for yourself. Integrate it into your own life. Allow your immune process to, over time, restore itself to the way that your genetics intended the immune system to operate. I don't know. Call me crazy. Mm -hmm.